0: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The, I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hi, and welcome to the Shoot from the Heart podcast with me, Diane Bell. If you want to write a script, make a movie, or quite simply live an abundant and creatively fulfilled life, you are in the right place. Each week, I'll share with you tips, techniques, and real-world information that will inspire and empower you on your path. Thank you so much for joining me. I am rooting for you all the way. Let's do this. Hello, beautiful and amazing creative souls, screenwriters, and filmmakers. How are you today? Welcome to episode 28 of the Shoot from the Heart podcast. This week, I want to share with you a bit of a rant. <laughs> I think that's the best way to say it. It's a live that I recorded last week that I just felt there's so much gold in it and so many great ideas and great things that I really want to share it here and not just have it be lost forever. A number of people who were there live reached out to me immediately after and said, Oh my gosh, gold. So this is it. The subject is betting on yourself. But in order to get there, we will talk about lessons from yoga. And lots of other things besides. I think you're going to enjoy this one so much. If you do, I would love to hear from you. As always, please write a review. Please write to me at Diane Bell. Connect with me through Instagram. I love you guys. I hope you enjoy this. Here we go. Live that I did earlier in the week, we were talking about how to believe when you don't have any proof for your belief in a sense, right? How do you make the belief? And I just think it's having faith that if you stay on this path of doing this internal work, like that is the faith that you need. Somehow I've managed to tap into that at different times in my life. For instance, when I first started doing yoga, It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I was like the least flexible person ever. My story since I was as long as I can remember was that I was no good at physical things and that I was stiff, right? Oh, you're just stiff. Like I couldn't even touch my toes as a child. Like most children are really bendy. I was not a bendy child at all. And I was very physically sort of constrained. And actually when I was in my early 20s, when I was like 21, 2021, I would pass out quite often and it was because apparently the blood would get cut off to my brain because I was so tense in my body. Like I was so tight. And so when I started to practice yoga, I was, how old was I? I was like 28. Is that right? Yeah. Nearly 27, 26, 27. Like I was it was so painful. It was so hard. Like when I got on the yoga mat for the first time, I was just like, oh, my I mean, I was sweating. and I was in pain. Everyone else was making it look easy. It was awful for me. But something in me told me that this like if I stayed on that path, that it was going to be good, that it was a good path that if i kept faith if i kept showing up and let me tell you for the first i mean for the first 6 months that i did yoga there was no good results there was nothing happy about it it wasn't like oh it just clicked and i felt awesome right it wasn't it was painful and it actually got a lot worse before it got any better like it really really hurt a lot <laughs> there's some comments coming up i just want to see what they say and when we're older we, we realize our default settings but those settings are so ingrained Yes, exactly. But we can change them. We can change them. I've been doing yoga for two years, and my flexibility has improved a little bit. But the peace it brings to my mind and the soul has changed my life. I know, but yes. And that's the thing. I mean, to me, I was like, I just committed. Like, I didn't have proof that it would work because I didn't know. And to be honest, there were many times in the first, I would say, two years of practicing where I just wanted to give up and quit because. It was not, it was not pleasant. It was not fun. I didn't get on the yoga mat and have a good time. I got on the yoga mat and I was in pain and I felt embarrassed and I felt ashamed and I felt like, you know, cause I would compare myself to the people around me and it was not fun. It was not easy. And it always, the yoga bunny nearby who just is popping into all the positions and making it look so easy. And she's smiling as she's doing it. And meanwhile, I'm just like dying But the reason that I kept doing it is because something in me had the faith that this path would lead to good things. And I think this is the thing about changing our beliefs in our mind. Initially, we will have no evidence for the new belief. We have no evidence for it. You start out saying, I'm a talented and prolific writer and I've never written anything, but you choose to commit to saying that. And you, have, you don't have to have faith in the affirmation that you have chosen. What you have to have faith in is that the process will work because it will. That if you stay the course and you stay committed to it, that you will change it right? Because that is what will happen. Like with yoga, if you show up to the mat every day, so you start out, you cannot touch your toes. But if you go on the mat every single day without fail, and that's what I did. I didn't like, I didn't go half-assed about it. I didn't go once a week or twice a week to yoga. When I decided to do the yoga, like I went six days a week. I, I was practicing Ashtanga. I was in there for six days a week, right? And so six days a week of torture, not like once a week or once every two weeks. It wasn't like that. And it's the same with this You have to decide in yourself, like I am having faith and I don't have to have faith in in the affirmation, but I will have faith that if I repeat this affirmation enough, it will become my reality because that is what happens. So, you, you know, you don't have to believe the affirmation. You just have to believe that by practicing affirmations, you will be able to change your beliefs and it will, it will, because that's the way it works. That's the law of it. It's just like yoga. If you show up every day, you will be able to touch your toes after a year or two, or whatever it takes for you, right? But you will, if you show up every day, it will happen. And it's the same with this. If you show up every day to this mental work, if you show up every day to like repeat your affirmation, to work with your affirmation, you will change your views, and then you will change your life. Yes. I mean, it's kind of about yoga, but it is about life. But that's why yoga is so amazing, because I think what I've learned on the mat, how that transformed me. The biggest thing that happened for me with my process in yoga And when I started yoga, as I said, I was very, very unhealthy, like physically very unhealthy, also mentally unhealthy, my life was very unhealthy. I was like really trapped in cycles of hedonism, taking drugs at the weekend, partying, all that stuff. And yoga just totally transformed everything for me really. And it did it just in this way too, where you have physical evidence, like the story that I had told myself since I was, I mean, as long as I can remember, as long as I can remember, I was stiff. I was just born stiff, I'm like my mom, right? And for me, though, the real amazing thing was in yoga when I suddenly was able to do things, I was able to do the splits and I suddenly realized I was that person that other people looked to in the yoga class and thought, my God, look at her, look what she can do. And I was like, oh my God, I could have done this all my life. The only thing that was stopping me was my belief in the story that I was stiff. I had believed I had taken that on and made that my identity. That's not who I was. That's not who I am. You're none of the things that you tell yourself. We all tell ourselves these stories. We all have stories about who we are, what we're good at, what we're not good at. Uh, My yoga teacher, Patabi Joyce, he used to say, do your practice and all is coming. And I think that statement is true for everything. It's not just yoga. Do your practice and all is coming. But you have to do it, right? If you want to change the views in your mind, if you want to change the ideas that are in your brain, You can't just say, okay, I'm going to change the views of my brain and then it happens. You have to do it. You have to do the work. You have to show up for that. If you want to be a successful screener, you have to show up. You have to do the work. You can't just imagine it and it happens. It's like you show up and you do it. And it's not always fun and it's not always pretty and it's not always easy and it's not always great. And it will often feel like you're taking steps backwards. I know with yoga, the first year... I definitely, like, I would feel like I was breaking through and then suddenly my back would be so sore. Yeah, I would, like, get another pain. And it was my body working through all these things. I had to go through so many rings of fire in order to strengthen my body because my body was so out of shape. It's the same thing for most of us with our minds. You know, if you've never done this kind of work on your mind, your mind is really, really out of shape. And you don't even realize it. You just think you're just going around life just describing the world as it is, describing yourself as you are. But then you start to realize it's not like it's all thoughts. It's all thoughts. And then you start to realize, okay, if it's all thoughts, I really can change my thoughts, but I have to show up to do the work to change them. It doesn't just happen. It's like, just like, I can't just say, oh, I understand the story that I'm not a flexible person is a story that I'm telling myself. But still, it doesn't mean you can suddenly touch your toes. You have to like show up to the mat every day for a year and go through all the pain (laughs) in order for you to be able to touch your toes. Yes, the story that you're not flexible is a story, but you still have to show up to do the work if you want to change it. And it's the same with the stories that you have in your brain about why you can't be a successful screenwriter or why you can't make a million dollar movies or why you can't make hundred million dollar movies or why you can't make this much money or why you can't do this. There are stories that you've told yourself, but it's not simply just going, oh, I see that that's a story and now I can do it. You actually have to get in the like in the driver's seat and really do the work to make the changes and you do control the narrative. You absolutely control it. And realizing that, I mean, stepping into that is like the most empowering thing. It's terrifying too, because it's also like, oh, like whatever you have that you don't like, you realize you're responsible for it. But also the power of that is amazing because you can now create whatever you want. So we went down one little rabbit hole. I wanted to talk about specifically though, the question of betting on yourself. There was couple of emails that I received last night and this morning that just made me feel like there's something here that some people need this and this whole thing about betting on yourself and I want to just talk about specifically the film industry and kind of how it operates because when you think about it like everything is a bet like with art it's all a bet like when a studio exec chooses to Greenlight one movie rather than another. Basically, they're betting on one. It's like, I think that horse has a better chance of winning than that horse, right? I mean, that's what it is. And there's so much money involved in these things. I mean, it can be hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's a lot of money. These are big bets. And, you know, I just want to talk about this because I feel like so many screenwriters and filmmakers, aspiring filmmakers, kind of want people to bet on them without ever having to take the step of betting on themselves and this is sort of like a bit of a tough talk and it's probably not what some people want to hear because people want to believe that somehow you don't really have to bet on yourself like you can just like you sort of just do your work and then these other people just suddenly recognize your genius and recognize the value of your work like they just see it and they just pick you out and then they pay millions of dollars and they they spend millions of dollars on your film and everything's golden And we will never have to actually really bet on ourselves. And there's different levels of betting on yourself. But the basic level betting on yourself is actually just showing up to do the work. And many of us, that in itself is a hard thing to do because we're just like, we don't even bet on ourselves to that extent, right? (laughs) Because we have no faith that we will write something good, for instance, right? We want to write a screenplay, but we don't really believe maybe that it will be good. And we don't bet on ourselves. So we just don't show up. So there's that like basic level of betting on yourself where it's, you need to show up, right? You need to bet on yourself and say, I believe that I can create work of value. I can do it. And that once you make that level of commitment to yourself, then you show up every day and you actually do your work, you write your screenplay, you take steps to get your movie made, whatever it is, but you do the things, right? You're no longer just thinking about it or talking about it, but you're actually doing it, right? And that is a very important step. And that's the first step of betting for yourself. But then there's the next step of betting yourselves. And I see this just like, this is the one that really trips me up because I just see it all the time. So you've written the screenplays and I have people write to me all the time. I've written five screenplays. I've written this number of screenplays. They're really good. I have no doubt that I'm really good, right? But you're still just waiting for somebody to come along and choose you, right? It's sort of like, if you're going to have a horse in a race and you want everyone to bet millions of dollars on it, but you're not even going to put $5 on it, right? I mean, that's kind of like how I feel a lot of screenwriters behave. Well, yeah, I think I'm really, really good and I'm really, really talented, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put $5 on my horse, right? <laughs> like that horse, but I want you to put a hundred million dollars on my horse, you know, cause it's that good. And Energetically, there's something weird and off about that. Like asking other people to believe in something that you don't believe in, that you won't invest in, I think it's very sticky and I don't think it can ever really work. I'm gonna be absolutely honest with you. The times that I have really, really like broken through, like achieved things that were way above kind of what I could expect, it has taken me to on myself in a huge and terrifying way, each time, every time. It has not been easy, it's not been given to me, and it's not like just happened magically by itself. Each and every time that I have achieved some massive result, like really got something epic to happen, I bet on myself. I chose to put my money on myself. I chose to put my faith on myself. I chose to take myself way out of my comfort zone. I chose to believe like I had such massive faith in what I was doing, that I was willing to do that. And then when people see that energetically, they respond to that, then they will invest in you. Then they will pay it back tenfold because you are already showing up that way. And I would just always say, if you are in this game seriously and you seriously want to succeed at it, you have to be willing to bet on yourself. And that is not always easy. It goes back to what we're talking about with yoga in a different way. It's not comfortable, Right. I mean, of course, like, you know, when you choose to bet on yourself, like, for instance, when I wanted to sell my first screenplay and I chose to get, you know, go into debt to drive to Cannes, to rent a car, to drive to Cannes and get a hotel room and do all the things. And I think I was going into debt by you know a couple thousand euros. It was scary because, of course, it might not work out. There's never any guarantees. But I am choosing to bet on myself. I'm choosing to believe that actually my script is going to sell and that it is going to be worth it. And I am showing up in that way, and that's how it happens, right? And people respond to that because your energy now, like, is just whoosh, right? It's it's all in. You're not waiting around timidly hoping that somebody else picks you that somebody is going to bet on your horse even though you won't bet on it yourself you know you're betting on your horse and they can see that like they see your faith and that excites them and that gives them faith in your horse if you're like i'm putting my shirt on my horse right (laughs) they're like okay like there must be something going on there but it was scary to me. I mean, at the time, it's like, oh my gosh, am I gonna, you know, am I gonna, just gonna make a fool of myself? Is this not gonna sell? And that played out over that year with that script. I mean, it culminated in deciding to, you know, spend actually three thousand dollars to fly to Los Angeles to meet people to convince them that the script was the thing. So in all, it was like over five thousand dollars, like that. I put myself into debt in order to make that happen. In a, in a different way with my first film. The week before, and I don't know if I've shared this, I have shared this story before, I don't know very often, but the, the week before we were going into production, we had no money in the bank account, right? We had these investors who had signed contracts who said they were giving us money, but they had given us like small amounts and, they, and those small amounts had already been spent. And literally, like it was like two days before we started shooting. And I remember Matt Medlin, the line producer, sat me down and said, we can't start shooting because we don't have any money again, it's one of those things. It's about like, what do you do in that moment? Right. Do you then just go, okay, well, we'll postpone. I just went, okay, I'm going to find a way to get the money. Like, there's just no way that we're not going to shoot. Right. We are not going to, we're not going to not do this. And it's a mad leap of faith, faith that the people have said they're going to invest, are actually going to pull through. It's faith that, you know, somehow everything's going to work out, but I had, I had like $10,000 left in savings that had come from other jobs and work that I had done. And You know, I I, I put my own money in at that point to make it work. But it's not just always about money. It's about investing your energy. It's about investing yourself. I always go, if you're not willing to get uncomfortable for your project to succeed, if you're not willing to fight for it, to have difficult conversations, So many filmmakers are very, very, very blocked about money and have real issues about asking for money, for instance. I know some filmmakers, I mean, even like setting up a crowdfunding campaign is absolutely terrifying to them and asking people for small, very small amounts of money, never mind big amounts of money. And it's really worth digging into that because you'll never succeed if you don't release those kinds of blocks and you don't figure them out. And when you manage to get yourself into a different space around money, where you just see that money flows all the time and there's always plenty of it and there's so much around and you start to come from that attitude that mental attitude rather than there's never enough and there's you know there's hardly any and we're always running out and it's always gonna be a disaster then money's always gonna be hard for you it's always gonna be hard to raise money for your projects but when you shift your mindset into the place of like the money is there there's always plenty of money there's so much money it's flowing to me in abundance it flows through me and that's that thing about not holding on to it but spending it with joy too when it's the right thing to do, when it's the soul aligned thing to do, when you feel called to doing it. And as I said, when I went to Cannes, for instance, to try to sell my screenplay, I mean, I just felt it. It was just like a soul calling. I mean, it was just so obvious, I'm gonna do this. You know, even though it was crazy and I know some of my friends just thought I was nuts. But it was just so obvious to me, I'm going to do this. And it was so obvious to me as well when I, you know, came to L.A. later on. It was just like, I'm just going. I'm just doing it right. I'm getting my credit card out. I'm getting a flight. I'd never been. but I just did it. There was no self-doubt because it was just like, this is, you know, this is my path. This is my journey. This is my calling. This feels absolutely right. And I think when you check in with yourself and you just feel that, If it's the soul calling, it might be crazy. It might seem like way beyond where you are. But that's how you will, that's how you'll shift things or change things. I'm just going back to the money blocks with raising finance for films. And it's such a big one. You know, if you grew up in a situation where it was like money doesn't grow on trees. If you grew up in a situation where it's like, oh, um, You know, were you like you asked for money and then you were made to feel ashamed for it. You know, you were told like, who are you? What do you think? Do you think we're made for money? You know, like, you know, that old one. Do you think we're made of money? And as a child, you just ingested that and you were like, oh, I should never ask for money. I'm not worthy of money. I mean, that's the message that you got. And that's what you framed in your mind and in your subconscious. And, you know, and it's no fault of your own and it's no fault of your parents or the caretaker who said it to you. Like, I mean, I think I would be just interested, people who are listening right now, did you ever hear those things when you were growing up? I mean, did you hear like money, you know, money doesn't grow on trees? Did you hear like, oh, no, like if you ask for money or asked to buy something, were you ever told, are you crazy? You know, like, no. Like, what do you think? We're made of money? Do you think we're made of money? I mean, I, like, I would be shocked if any of you were like, no, I never heard anything like that. I would be shocked. I would love it if somebody would say right now, I never heard anything like that. I feel like the, the, the vast majority of us grow up in that kind of setup. And what we ingest, as I said, is that fear of, first of all, if you ask for something and we're told, no, like, what do you think? We're made of money. And then you felt ashamed as a child and you start to ingest this idea that you should always try to live with less, right? And that that is more noble and that is good, that spiritual people, good people, artistic people don't worry about money because money is not important and money is kind of gross, and that money is, you know, like for the greedy, superficial, shallow people. I, I had all of these kinds of views. Then you wonder why you struggle to ask for a raise, or why you struggle to ask for money for your projects. Right? Like it's not—it's not like really actually rocket science at that point, is it? If you can see the connection, anything that you were made to feel ashamed for as a child, or you were made to feel like. It would you would not be loved, then of course you're gonna struggle then as a grown up to actually ask for money and so many people do. They don't wanna ask for money, it's embarrassing, it's difficult, it's sticky, it's weird. You just do it, you create your own stuff and you bet on yourself, you bet on yourself. And when you bet on yourself, other people will start betting on you. That's how it works, that's how it works. But if you don't take those first steps, if you don't take that, then nobody does. And there we have it. That is this week's episode. I hope this was helpful for you. I did have to edit it slightly because there was lots of interruptions with people giving comments and so on. And I hope they didn't take you out of it too much. But I really did feel there was such gold in there and so many helpful things. I'd love to hear your thoughts. As always, you can reach me at Diane Bell on Instagram or go to my website, DianeBell.com and you can leave me a message there. I love to hear from you. I hope you're doing awesome and that you're having an amazing week. And I will talk to you really soon.